still my soul. Hey everybody, this is Phil. Welcome to our Bible study podcast. At the end of this study, please take the time to subscribe to the Glen Springs Church YouTube channel and check out our website. Also, if you live in the Gainesville, Florida area, we would love to have you visit us in person. For now, let's open up the Heavenly Library and may the words of the Holy Spirit sink deep into our hearts. Thanks for joining us. In every After three weeks of introduction, (laughs) we are now ready to get into our study in the book of Ephesians. Welcome, everybody, to our study. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Mark Lloyd Sr. And Mark, good to see you as always. Clean shaven, (laughs) Mark Lloyd Sr. You do look good. You got the baby face going on. You know, (laughs) in deference to and in deference of what I have sitting over here beside me, uh, Brother Phil has chosen not to shave in the last few days, apparently. <laughs> so it looks good, though. I you like it? it? Yeah. You I, like I, it? Yeah, that, that, Does it just look like I haven't washed my face? Just, is that pretty much what it is? A little more maturity, maybe, or something of that nature. I can't wait to see how potentially white it I, may be. I, it is white, but I, something tells me Cheryl's not going to let it get that far. Oh, I appreciate that. I just, uh, yeah, so... We just thought so. <laughs> Anybody who's just listening to us, that's right. Mark's making fun of my beard, if you want to call it a beard. I, it's there's not a guy's beard. It's not. <laughs> it's not a Mark Lloyd growth. Let's no, put it that way. It is definitely not a Mark Lloyd Jr. growth. <laughs> well, since we're talking about growth, yes. let's uh, grow in our study of the Book of Ephesians, and today. We're actually going to get into the letter, so if you have your scripture journal, if you got one of these, uh, today may be the first day that you want to just write down some notes uh, here in the journal, and I love these tools. I love these tools. I actually had to steal Cheryl's on my way out the door because we've handed them all out uh, here at the church building, and if you still need one, reach out to us. We will get you one. You can also get these through Amazon. It's the scripture journal. We're have, we have the book of Ephesians. And so you can just write your own commentary. So we're going to give you some suggestions for introductions uh, to that today as we get into uh, this letter. All right, you ready? Let's go. All right, chapter 1, verse 1, introducing uh, the letter itself. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now forgive us, but we're going to stop right there because we would like to share with everyone some insights into the overall letter itself as well as what you see with respect to themes. Uh, So Mark, I'll let you kick it off. I'll be happy to. Consider or keep in mind, brethren, that Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, along with Philemon, were written by Paul uh, when he was in prison. He was imprisoned in Rome in probably A.D. 60s to 62, somewhere in there. Uh, And uh, these four letters uh, he wrote while he was there. Some people say maybe he just started out 
and just kept writing until he had all of them done at one time. But you will see that Ephesians and Colossians are somewhat similar. And I would encourage you to, uh, as you read Ephesians, and I would ask you to read Ephesians like it had just come to you. Uh, read all of Ephesians and get a feel for it. And then if you go to Colossians, you're going to see somewhat of a similar letter. If you were to, then to go to Philippians, that's a different book entirely. This is a love letter to the Philippian brethren. He really loved that church. But he's, he's got some things on his mind for these Ephesians. Understand, he has not seen them probably for five years. Uh, three, to, three to five years. The last time he would have seen them would have been mid to late 50s. And if this is 60, uh, it's, it's at least three to five years since he has seen them. But I think he's getting great reports about Ephesus and what kind of brethren they are because he doesn't find much wrong with them. Ephesians is an encouragement letter. It's a doctrinal letter in the first three chapters, and then from chapters four through six, he is telling them how to live their lives, the way they should be living it as Christians, and emphasizing some certain, certain things for them to be doing in that daily walk of life. And if they do these things, um, how much better it will be for them and with that relationship to the Lord. But this is not, this is not a Corinthian letter. This no, is, no. This no. is not at all like he is taking well, not, and it's task. Not, well, it's not a Galatian letter no, either. And he's uh, taking them to task. If, if you know how the letters came about and when they were written, Galatians was probably written first, yes. not long after his first journey there where he went through all the yeah. churches of Galatia. And it's more of a rebuke. Don't yeah, be going yeah. back uh, yeah. to the old law. Uh, the letters to Corinth were written not long after he was in Corinth. No. And boy, I still got some work to and do. And so he just, here comes the rebuke and the challenges over things that he had even heard about them. Thessalonica, uh, that sure. was a brand new church to him. He had to leave them within weeks. When he left them, he was very concerned about them. He sent Timothy back and Silas to them. Um, and so he wanted to hear about them. And so he was writing them some encouragement. So all these letters are a little different, but Ephesians is a letter of doctrine. Uh, it, it's as if I'm pouring my heart out to you. There are some things I want you to know about Christ. You know what crossed my mind through this? You mentioned that it's been about five years yes. since he saw him, and he didn't see the whole church. That's probably from when he saw the elders. Yes. So he sees the elders in Acts 20. We see that. Uh, if you're looking at an Acts timeline, this is probably around Acts 28 yes. uh, when Paul's in Roman prison. But nonetheless, he cries with the elders of Ephesus. They share a very emotional and, and, and touching time together. And I almost get the impression it's like the elders say, all right, Paul, now when you get to wherever you're going... Can you give us an owner's manual yeah. about the church? What is the church supposed to be? What should we be constantly focused on as elders? And Paul goes, let me think about yeah. that. And as soon as he gets to Rome, he goes, I've got it. Because I look at Ephesians, the letter, there is no rebuke, like you no. say, like what you see with Corinth. or uh, Even Colossae is going to get a little bit yes. of a rebuke in chapter 2 of Colossians 2. Ephesians, there's none of that. It's almost like... Here's something, not just for Ephesus, but for every church. Here is your manual for unity with the Lord and unity for one another. If Ephesus received something, you can 
almost be guaranteed that the other six churches yeah. in that area were, were going to receive this. And, and just like with Timothy. Timothy was written, well, he was at Ephesus, but he was to share that with all these other churches. Ephesus is going to be that same thing. I'm sending it to you, but I know that Laodicea, uh, Pamphylia, uh, Philadelphia, all of these places are going to get uh, a portion or a copy of this that you can read well, them. And maybe that was the role of Tychicus yeah. when he delivered this to hit the others. And so uh, this is an encouraging letter. It's interesting. In Ephesians, as you read through Ephesians, he never says that I'm going to see them again because he's already told the elders that likely he was not going to see them again. If you read Ephesians or if you read Philippians between the lines, he says, I may have a chance to come see you. If he, if he, if you read between the lines in Colossae, the Colossians, I, I I'm going to have, I want to yeah. come see you. If certainly in Philemon, I'm going to be coming to see you. So it's as if he's told the Ephesians, I may not come back. And so he's not going to suddenly tell them I'm going to be back. But as we know, historically, he probably saw Ephesus two, if not three more times. Well, and he had Timothy there, yeah, and, he had and Timothy. Timothy's going to come and give him words. So yeah. let's just look at it. Let me ask you this question. If there's, there's six chapters here. Like Mark said, I would say the first three are dealing with our relationship with God and what yeah. God has done yes. for all of us. Chapters four, five, and six, the other six, and I think there's a clear divide there. Yeah. Uh, even Paul will say at the beginning of chapter four, you have one of these therefore yeah. statements. So four, five, and six, though, are about our relationships with one within another. one another. Yes. Our relationship as brethren in chapter 4, our, our relationship in our families, chapters 5 in the beginning of 6, and our relationship with the world uh, in chapter 6 as well. Even, even in uh, the first few verses of chapter 4, he's basically identifying what they are. Right. You are people who believe in one God, one faith, one baptism, one Holy Spirit, one cause. All of these things are one. This is who you are. This is the kind of people you're supposed to be. And so those last three chapters are, how do I relate to you and to me? And these relationships are as pure today and as up-to-date today as they were in the time of Ephesus and Ephesians. And that's what's so great about this book. It's just... If we can live the life that he tells these Ephesians to live in verses uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Well, if the church could just be yes. this. I mean, if, I, if I, the church I kinda, could just be yeah. this. Uh, the theme to me is Christ and the church, yeah. or this is the Lord's body uh, in what exactly. it's all about. I would say that is the overall theme of the book. And if I was to pick a few verses to highlight as the theme, here's what jumps out to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. To me, his second prayer that's recorded in the book is in Ephesians 3. And in Ephesians 3, uh, he wants them to know and to comprehend with all the saints uh, the love of the Lord, to know how wide it is, how deep it is, how far it will reach, how far it will go, uh, its height, and, and to know all the fullness of God. And in knowing all the fullness of God, that you'll be able to understand how he desires to work in you in ways they go far beyond, far beyond what you could ask or think. To, to me, Ephesians 3, 18 
to 21, there's your theme verses. Far and away, that's the theme. He, he is building up to that. He's showing them in the first chapter what Christ has done for them and who Christ is. Uh, and then in 2 and 3, he's just reemphasizing that. You were once in sin, and now you, you've become a, a Christian. You've become into the body of Christ and what that body of Christ means and the importance of the church then in the first part of chapter 3 and then in this last part, the love of God, the love of Christ, what it should mean. You should get goosebumps when you read that. If we would realize, if we would let Christ into our hearts and let Him really lead our lives the way that He wants to lead us and we let Him lead us to things that we could do through the power that He has put into us. Uh, it's just amazing to me. All right, so there's some thoughts to put in your scripture journal, you know, just the overall theme of the Lord in the church and the relationship of the church with the Lord and then our, our theme verse. And I'm glad to hear we kind of agree yes. on that. Oh, we yes. didn't even talk about it before we got here, but Ephesians 3, uh, verses 18 to 21. Uh, but then I think there's also some sub-themes that are very powerful. And one thing that I've noticed just as I've been studying is the word power. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you'll notice the the Apostle Paul wants these brethren who are living in a dominant pagan culture and almost have to feel like they are so small compared to the this the overall temple and the influence of the temple Diana and the culture itself and everything. But Paul wants them to look a little deeper. You have more power than you think and so you see power and the emphasis of power uh, in the Lord repeated over uh, chapter 1, verse 19, uh, that your eyes may be enlightened and that you may know the hope in which you've been called, the rich of his, riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and then verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. I, I want you to know this power, he says. You'll see it again in verse 21 that we're reminded that in Jesus there is this power that goes far above all principality and power and dominion. Our Lord has this power. He wants us to un understand this power. You go to the prayer again, like I mentioned, the second prayer. This is in chapter 3. Again, the emphasis on power and, and the power from the Lord. I, I, I think if I'm looking at this in the way that Paul is trying to get these brethren to see, you're more powerful than you think. Don't limit the power of God and understand the power that is in the Lord's church. I, I don't think any of us really understand what that term means unless you are in such a great relationship with the Lord, how that empowers you and that how that changes your life and that power makes it easier for you to live the life that you're supposed to be doing. People will, will say, oh, the, the world is such an attraction and I am having such a hard time and not being enveloped by the world. He's saying if you let the power of God dwell in you, you can withstand that. Because I think another word that I would be looking for in Ephesians, which may not be the exact word, but what's happened to them is transformation. Oh, yes. Look, oh, absolutely. Look yeah. at the change that has come over you because you have let uh, God dwell in you. Uh, and so, 
and you've accepted God. Look at the transformation. Look what you used to be in chapter 2 and now what you are. Um, and now you become that, that vessel that can perform those good works that the Lord wants you to be doing. And, and before times, you had no idea what these good works were. Well, you now know. What are the things that God wants out of His people? Uh, you are now empowered to do that. So, power, transformation, this book, you just, it can do. If we let Ephesians work in us, it can be a great book. All right, so here's what we're going to do and encourage you to participate in with us as we go through it. We wanted to just kind of introduce the letter itself today, and as you can see, we're both very excited about it. Chapter 1, chapter 1, beginning in verse 3 through 14, is going to speak to us about the Lord, and this is be Father God, and His relationship with the church. And you're going to see the Trinity in here. Yes. You'll see Father, Son, and Spirit, but He shares with us some blessings. Uh, these are some blessings that go far beyond comprehension, far beyond this world, but they begin now as well as they extend beyond this world, but spiritual blessings. Uh, I think it'd be good for people to read that and write down the spiritual yes. blessings. Uh, I, I think there's there's at least seven there. At least it's, seven. It, you know, you could probably divide it up into more. But there, there, it begins with, here's how your Father sees you. Yes, and what He has done from you, or for you, and He's done it from the beginning. This was a plan. Uh, he's had a plan from the beginning, understanding the foreknowledge of God, uh, of sin, uh, and the preparation for that, and how man was going to be redeemed. Uh, and so we're going to see that that has been not suddenly the, something he just came up with out of the blue. Right. This has been planned, and it's all through Christ. And so read uh, those first 14 verses, or 3 through 14, and look what God has done for us through Christ. And understand that He has done this for a group of people. This is people that are described in those uh, 11, 12 verses, uh, and the type of people they're supposed to be, and all of these blessings are for those people. This is not done for an individual. This is done for a group of people, and you got to keep that in mind. Well, and that's a, that's a repeated phrase you're going to see yeah. in these first for us, us, and us he's, yes. speaking to the church, and then you'll see in him, in him, speaking of Jesus. That's right. He is not in the beginning from the foundation of the word uh, world said Mark Lloyd in the year two thousand and twenty two. <laughs> you are saved. And I'm sorry that your neighbor, I didn't choose him, he's not saved. No, he's not that saved. That is not what's being said in these passages. And that's what we have to understand. There's so much good in here, but to understand it's for a people that God has foreordained that they should be this kind of people. And we have to become that kind of people. And if we do then we have all of these blessings yeah. from God through Christ. And so you're, you're marking up your text. Uh, you're going through using the Scripture Journal or your Bible. 
look, look for the spiritual blessings and underline those. And then you're going to see some repeated phrases in him, in him over again. And then the emphasis on us, that being yes. the church. So the church. going back to where we started, we just got a few seconds here. Paul identifies himself as the writer. That's not debatable. He, again, gives his credentials, as he typically does. I'm an apostle, one, commissioned by the Lord, by the will of God. I'm speaking to the saints who are in Ephesus, and we could say that this church isn't just the saints, but almost like he writes to Philippi, they've got elders. We've already seen that. We can assume they have deacons serving in that capacity. And what Paul brings to them is what he wants all of us to understand, the grace and peace that comes from the Lord. And it comes to us through Christ. So it's a good beginning. It's a great beginning. All right. So you've been commissioned. We've been commissioned. What we're going to do with our study next week, look at these spiritual blessings. Remember the first three chapters are our vertical relationship with the Lord. The next three, chapters four through six, that horizontal relationship we share with one another. All right, Mark, you got anything else? No, I'm looking forward. All right. We're finally in the text. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you for joining us. And as always, if you have any questions or you have some comments you want to share with us, please do so. Reach out to us. Either comment on this video or send us an email. And we would love to make this as interactive as we possibly can. Until we see you or you get to listen to us again, if you're listening on the podcast, may the grace of our Lord be with you. And as Paul says to all of us, May we all know assuredly the love of the Lord, how deep and wide and far and high it goes. And may we all be filled with the fullness of God. God bless. Good night, brother. The Lord is in His holy temple. Again, thanks for listening. If you live in north central Florida or you're just passing through, we would love to have you visit us at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. Also, check out our website, glenspringschurch.com. You can learn more about our church family and how to contact us. Until next time, God bless. Keep silence before Him.